You're listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. Another episode of Podcasters of S.H.I.E.L.D., Cinema Geekly's Marvel podcast. It's Anthony and Aurora here talking more Luke Cage. A little, well, better late than never, I guess, is what it is <laughs> for this week. We, um, we, we missed a week, mm-hmm. and that is okay. Aurora, these episodes are fresh for you. Yes. You've taught me a lesson, though. I will say this, because... Uh, I know in the past, I don't know if you do this for Luke Cage, or or mm. even if you do it for Walking Dead or Supergirl anymore, but I think at one point you were taking notes for the shows. Yes. And I need I need to learn from you in this regard. <laughs> this would be so much more helpful if I had taken notes. Um, <laughs> I watched these yeah. episodes like a week and a half ago, so I'm... And I have not gone back. I have I, I did read through the, the synopsis, the synopsis mm-hmm. paragraphs. And they did jog my memory a little bit. And I do have the scores for each episode written down. Because okay. I, do, I do write that down. But I don't bother to write anything else down. I'm just like, I'll just use my memory notepad. But uh, <laughs> that's, not, that's, not yeah. help, that's not helping me here. I, I, uh, I remember the episodes. But I am having trouble picking out anything, like any specific moments that's not mentioned in these paragraphs that right. stick out to me. And, and that's I, why I write notes. Because I can't, I can't rely on my memory at all. Like I'm good. I know if, that. <laughs> I'm good. Like if it's in a couple of days, I'm good. Like I still very vividly remember uh, things from this Walking Dead episode that we're going to talk about mm-hmm. on the Hear the Walking Dead podcast. Cheap plug. You can listen to that on cinemageekly.com. <laughs> I remember. I remember that episode very vividly. So when we talk about that, I'll have an easier time. And that was still a couple of days ago. But when we get yeah. to like the weak point. Like my brain just like truncates that to somewhere in the back with all of the other episodes of TV shows mm-hmm. I've watched. Yeah, this is just so many things that we watch, right? Mm-hmm. That it's hard to keep keep up with all the details. <laughs> it is. So uh, I'm just going to kind of give it a go here, and we'll see how things all right play out. Uh, season one. I have epi- my notes. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's season one, episode five of Luke Cage, called "Just to Get a Rep." Uh, and it begins with Cottonmouth extorting the citizens of Harlem to cover his debts. Uh, basically, they're just like, look, I know you guys already gave us some money, but give us more money now. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're doing it through uh, excessively violent means. But it's also because he's broke. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. They, the cops confiscated all the money after right. the cage broke right. broke into the... Um, the, the Crispus Attics building. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Luke Cage confronts him, demands him to stop, and this is when Shades finally recognizes Luke finally. from their dealings yeah. in Seagate. 
It's, I think he stared at him long enough. He's like, you know what? With an afro, you look like <laughs> that Carl. Oh, my God. Carl Lucas. He was actually staring at him for a long time. Yeah. He's like trying to picture him with a giant homeless beard. And he's like, wait a minute. <laughs> it's kind of like how I picture this would go for like the Green Arrow who has who's literally just wearing a hood and a domino mask. Like, I figure, like, if somebody stared at him for more than five seconds, they'd be like, you look just like Oliver Queen. Wait a minute, you're Oliver Queen. Well, at least he wears a mask. I mean, what about Superman? Oh, yeah, I know. It's like, you know, if I move that curly cue of hair over and put on, oh, my God, you're Clark Kent. Yeah. Luke Luke Cage's disguise was shaving his head and face. Right. Uh, um, and uh, so Shades offers to lend uh, Cottonmouth a prototype weapon stolen mm-hmm. from Hammer Industries. One, it is a bullet that uh, explodes people. It is a, yeah. an explosive round, which they had a name for. And if I had taken notes, I would have remembered the name of the... Uh, yeah, I don't remember. The bullet, but I didn't. Um, it's it's from the comics, uh, and this could kill Luke Cage on Diamondback's behalf, realizing that this would cost him control of Harlem, because mm-hmm. uh, Cottonmouth can do it, but Diamondback would want something in return. In this case, uh, he wants Cottonmouth's stake on Harlem as far as mm-hmm. power and control goes. Uh, he decides Cottonmouth that is decides to sell the weapons from the botched exchange to Cologne and use the money to buy Diamondback's weapon. Uh, Good old Crooked Scarf is assigned to retrieve the weapons, but decides to steal them for himself. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Misty Knight begins investigating Scarf uh, at the behest of her superiors, one of which is uh, a Lieutenant Perez. More mm-hmm. on him in the next episode. Uh, but yeah, people are on to Scarf. Yep. Uh, and also, Claire Temple arrives in Harlem to visit Yay! her. Yay! Yay, she's here to visit <laughs> her mom, Soledad. Who runs mm-hmm. a restaurant, I believe. Yeah. A diner. Yeah. Uh, to whom she confides in about her experiences with enhanced people. Um, does she run into Luke in this episode or is that the next episode? No, the okay. next episode. Uh, and then during Pop's memorial, Luke delivers a eulogy that also humiliates Cottonmouth in the process. Mm-hmm. And that leads to Misty warning him that uh, a war against Stokes could destroy Harlem. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. What did, what did you think about just to get a rep? I I just want to talk about Luke Cage in a tuxedo. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I mean, I've been told I've never worn a tuxedo, but Jen assures me that any man in a tuxedo, like it doesn't matter how how ugly you are, like a tuxedo, mm-hmm. like improves your appearance by like a hundred percent. He just oh my god, he, he looked, looked amazing. He right? looked amazing, and then you know, on top of that. He already looked amazing, and then he went through all Harlem just fighting crime and mm-hmm. setting things right. And there's a, a point where he actually talks to Cottonmouth, and he says, keep my name out of your mouth. That's right. Um, that was, I was like, oh my gosh. This is, yes, I'm on board with this location. <laughs> I saw him in the talks, and I'm like, this guy, this, this guy for James Bond. Yes, like he, he, he looked. He looked incredible. Uh, I yeah. think. I think so. One of the side stories. Um, this I could be misremembering this, everybody, mm-hmm. but I do believe one of the side stories is about 
a uh, a sports memorabilia owner that Luke knows that they stole right. they stole her dad's ring. I guess he mm-hmm. played for the Knicks and he won an NBA championship and he's got a championship ring that they stole. And it was right. about him getting the ring back mm-hmm. and her relationship with her father, who is uh, an alcoholic. And right. there's a scene where he has a a confrontation with Luke in the store after Luke gets the ring back. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't remember any of the specifics of those scenes or what was but, said in them, but I remember them being good. Yeah, they were good. And I that's what I think sets apart Luke Cage from other superheroes is the fact that I feel like he goes out of his way to not only help people, but at the same time that they, 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 he talks to them. And right. it's in a very inspirational and motivational way, mm-hmm. um, which I haven't seen from other superheroes. No, he's definitely... In the way that he does it. Right. I mean, because he's living in uh, a, a beaten down part of, mm-hmm. of town with, with people who are used to being tread all over and beaten down on and looked down to and spoken down to. So not only does he feel the need to to uh, right wrongs, mm-hmm. he also feels the need to, to use the, like, he, like he knows he has a power and not just like a, a superpower, but mm-hmm. he's got like a power and a voice and he wants to use that to like raise people up. Like he doesn't want people to like be, you know, he hates it when people use the N-word. Because he feels like right. it degrades them, brings them down, and he's like, you know, uh, he you get this feeling from him that he's like, no, we can be, um, we can be so much more, mm-hmm. you know, just got to stand up, you've got to fight for what's right, that sort right. of thing. Um, and and, that, we, and, and that, we've seen often in this show, there's a lot of like um, references to African American culture in Harlem, mm-hmm. and there's been a couple of scenes throughout the show uh, where he will. Put someone in his place in in that in its place, and right. he, he would reference that um, part of their culture and say, you know, you're you should you know follow what they built for us instead yes. of you know going against it. And he always uses those references, and I think it's really cool. Yeah, like really strong historical references, yes. right? Um, yeah. He he isn't talking about like even like even like what people would like. He 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 jumped to reference. Like uh, Harriet Tubman before he'd reference right. Beyonce or something, right? Right. Um, although they do have their plenty of modern references and stuff yeah. in the show as well, but he kind of comes from this place of like, look at this strong cultural history that we come from. Mm-hmm. Like, these people that, like, you know what it is? I think he kind of looks at those people like superheroes. Yeah, like those are his superheroes. He's like, a, I agree. I'm, yeah, and he's like, he's like, I'm, a, he's like, if I'm a black superhero, I want to be like those people. Like those, right. are, those were like real superheroes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that's, yeah, you're right. I feel like that's the kind of example he wants to set for everybody. Yeah, um, you know, he's like, I, I don't want to be the this perception of like a thug or a gangster. It's like these. Right. He's like, these are people that. Um, you know, and to be fair, a lot of those people might be labeled as those things today, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, depending on who you talk to. But uh, you know, I think that's the that's the perspective he's coming from. It's like these were superheroes, yeah. and this is who I want to be like. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I think that's awesome. Um, do you have anything else you want to add? I literally have nothing else I can add to this, other than it was great to see. It was great to see Claire. Yes, uh, that was my other thing. Um, I don't know if you remember in this episode when we first see Claire, she gets robbed 
Like someone steals her purse. Yes. She <laughs> chases goes, him down and she, kicks his ass. Yes. yes. <laughs> but which was awesome. I, I love that. It was awesome. Um, but at the same time, I was like, I would love to see just one episode where Claire Temple just has a normal day. Mm-hmm. Because like a, she's like always in, in trouble. <laughs> You're right. Like, even when she's not hanging around, like, Daredevil or Luke Cage or any of these people. Like, yeah. she's just walking down the street and all of a sudden she's chasing a, a purse snatcher. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if she chased him down, that guy was like, oh, shit. And he tried to yeah. run faster and she yeah. caught up, kicked yeah. the crap out of him and took her it purse. It was great. <laughs> uh, uh, well, anyway, I uh, in, if you have more to add in concert with your score, I can give you my score, which was a four and a quarter for this episode. All right. I don't I'm know gonna... what I don't know what that was based on. I gave it a four. Okay. Yes, a Appar- solid four. Apparently, when I watched it, I liked it slightly more than you. Although I cannot discern <laughs> at this point what would what would give it that extra point two five. Ah, you know what? Point. It was Luke Cage in a tuxedo. I know it. Ah, he did look <laughs> incredible. I mean, I I I only wish that someday I could look a tenth as handsome <laughs> as that man looked in a tuxedo. <laughs> Good lord! Uh, all right, let's. Uh, Let's talk about the next episode, season one, episode six. Suckers need bodyguards. It's called, mm-hmm. and uh, we catch up with Car. I was gonna. I don't remember his first name. I thought it was Conrad. <laughs> I'm like, wait, Scarf's first name isn't Conrad. Um, did they mention? I'm sure they mentioned his first name, but I never remember. Yeah, it's just like Raph or Rafe. Like Rafe. Yeah. It can't be Rafe, right? Rafe. Scarf? I don't know. <laughs> That doesn't sound right to me at all. Race scarf. I don't know. Uh, let's I just like call him. Scarf. I like scarf. Let's just call him scarf. Uh, he's not real smart. He attempts to blackmail Cottonmouth with the guns that he had stole for himself. Um, that works out so well that Scarf is left critically wounded <laughs> and uh, has to escape uh, and is not seen for quite some time. Uh, eventually he reappears at Pop's barbershop where Luke finds him and he tells Luke about a an incriminating ledger he has hidden in his apartment that has evidence on Stokes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luke, uh, now it says here Luke contacts Claire, but what they're not mentioning, and I do remember this, is that he kind of happens upon her. And actually she I, happens upon him. Yeah, she's the one that approaches him. Uh, Luke is Luke is at the diner with Bobby Fish, and they are having lunch or something. And she notices him, and they sit down and they have a talk. And uh, so the contact is made there. But when Luke finds Scarf at Pops, he contacts Claire so she can treat him. Um, but that's well, not true either. I mean, they they both walk in together. Do that. Do they? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, this whole paragraph is wrong. I'm just. <laughs> I'm just trusting it implicitly because I don't remember the episode <laughs> that well. You're wrong. Who knew? Who knew Aurora that Wikipedia yeah. could be wrong? About I know. Something? I and I know I'm right because I wrote in my notes. Oh, what what a coincidence that, oh, that Scar happen- had some uh, someone that medical experience and and Claire walks in. Right. <laughs> um. So, uh, she treats Scarf's injuries mm-hmm. and. It is revealed that Lieutenant Perez, one of Misty's and Scarf's higher-up pals, is also working for Cottonmouth, right. and he is ordered to find and kill Scarf. 
Misty finds out that Perez is also on Stokes' payroll and tricks him into implicating himself. She records his admission and then arrests him with some Mm -hmm. minor complications, but ultimately she gets him arrested. Mm -hmm. Uh, Luke and Claire and Scarf are ambushed by mercenaries hired by Stokes on their way to one police plaza to turn over the evidence. And although Luke fends off most of them, Scarf dies from his injuries. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Mariah Dillard has an interview with the media. However, the reporter exposes, uh, exposes Dillard's possible involvement in Stokes' actions. Stokes is arrested with the evidence from Scarf, and Misty's supervisor expresses concerns about another disclosure of police corruption after the Wilson Fisk case. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what did you think of uh, Suckers Need Bodyguards? And clearly Scarf could use one in this episode. <laughs> yes. Um, I I really liked this episode. Mm-hmm. It was, um, I, I was like tense the whole time I was watching it. Yeah, especially the um, last 10 minutes or so. Yes. Um, and that interview, um, that reporter, <laughs> that's one of the first time. I think it's the first time that I've seen a show where a reporter is like confronting someone and it made me feel so uncomfortable. Yes. It was very, un- I mean, it was so awkward. I mean, cause it's like the, I have the feeling, I have this feeling when there's somebody who's doing like a stage performance mm-hmm. and they start bombing and they, they right. they're trying to gut it out and keep going. I have such a hard time watching somebody do it. Yeah. Like, because I can put myself in the shoes and feel like the embarrassment. Mm -hmm. Even though she is deservedly embarrassed because she's clearly involved in all of this, watching it happen like that is very uncomfortable, especially since she she was ambushed by it. She... Yeah, and it was a live recording. It wasn't like yes. you know something they're taping and editing later. It was a live recording, and and the reporter completely fucked her over because they were kind of talking like it was going to be some sort of puff piece interview, right? So right. she walked into this completely unaware, and then she just yeah. drops a bomb on her, mm-hmm. and the look on her face was like panic and fear and uncomfortableness, yeah. and then she tries to like politics speak her way out of it. Mm-hmm. And oh my goodness, it was very yeah. uncomfortable to watch. It was uncom- <laughs> yes. But it was awesome at the same time. Oh, no, like, yeah. I mean, it oh accomplished my. what it was set to do, right? Yeah, it yeah. Made, made me feel uncomfortable. Yeah, I'm like, what a goal. <laughs> I was like, this is such a great scene. But yeah, it was weird. It was like, I kind of feel bad for her, but should mm-hmm. I be feeling bad for her? Like, this is clearly right? the truth yeah. and people should know this. But yeah. why do I feel yeah. so uncomfortable watching this? <laughs> um, I guess it is weird to, I mean, this was kind of like, uh, was, this was kind of like literally stripping somebody nude. It's just they were doing it with the truth. Yeah. So it yeah. was like she was she's just, forced. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she was she was forced to acknowledge or at least be be confronted with truth and evidence. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're like you know that that Christmas Attic's building was your office, and boy, there was a lot of money and weapons in there. That's really weird. <laughs> She's like, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, as I was saying about revitalizing our playgrounds, uh, <laughs> trying to like shift the focus away. But yeah, uh, yeah it was it was super uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this the the last ten minutes or so were really tense. Them trying to mm-hmm. sneak away in the um, in. 
Claire's van. Claire's mom's catering truck or whatever it was. Yes. Which, by the way, Claire's mom is awesome, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She is so up for anything. <laughs> right? <laughs> She's like, sure, you need my van just to, you know, uh, escape? Sure, Escape, w- Escape with this wounded police officer? Who's <laughs> sure, fine. People are chasing yes, after no. the, the end is The end is pretty great, too, because the truck is, is heavily damaged, because Luke has to, like, punch through it to punch through a building so they could mm-hmm. kind of escape out of it. And yep. at the end, I think, I think it was funny, because he was just like, you know, the Stokes is in prison, you're alive, and your mom's truck has insurance. <laughs> right. So yes. everything's okay. <laughs> and I'm like, what about her truck? It's destroyed. And he's just like, yeah. it has insurance. Yeah, I don't know. How do you explain that to your insurance company? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, <laughs> things have, like, flood insurance. And it's like, do you have, like, superhero punching through the side of your vehicle insurance? Is that a thing? Well, maybe in this world they do. because oh, you think, yeah, you'd have to alter right? it, right? I mean, just just with the Avengers, oh my you, God, have, can you, imagine? you need to have superhero insurance. Do you think there are people <laughs> who literally have, like, Hulk insurance? I'm pretty sure this ex- I, exists in this world. I bet Hulk, I'm pretty sure it does. Hulk has to have, like, his own policy thingy that exists, like, just oh, yeah. for him. Yes. Oh, my yeah. goodness. I'm 100% sure this exists. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Things aren't looking good for the the police, obviously. More corruption. You have two mm-hmm. corrupt officers here. And in the light of this whole deal with Wilson Fisk, uh, people are going to start trusting these police officers less and these vigilantes uh, a little bit more, one, yeah. would, uh, one would imagine. But uh, things are, I guess, not as, not as peachy as they seem, right? Because... It's like, oh, wow, uh, Stokes is getting arrested? And this is like episode six. Yeah. It's like yeah. half the season still to go. Something tells me he doesn't stay in prison for very long, one would imagine. Yeah. And that's why I felt really tense in this episode, because as the uh, episode was ending, I was waiting for that like cliffhanger, mm-hmm. and nothing happened. And I was mm-hmm. like, wait, it was, it was like a very happy ending. For this episode, what's happening? Wouldn't it be amazing if, like, the next seven episodes or so were just them happily going about their life? <laughs> just getting coffee, yeah, like they said. And... They, get, they get some coffee. Luke reopens <laughs> the barbershop. He cuts people's hair. There's, like, one whole episode about, like, a kid who's not doing good in school. And Luke has to teach him the value of staying in school. That's... Like, we just get a bunch I, of I would like totally that. watch that. <laughs> I'm fine with that. Claire's Claire's mom Claire's mom gets sick and she has to run the diner for a day. Like sure. we just do one of those episodes. Yes. They have a potluck with like Daredevil and Jessica Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now that they've solved all the problems, I yeah. don't think we're going to get seven episodes of that. <laughs> Maybe. I I doubt it. I, I wouldn't mind a potluck episode with all the superheroes in Hell's Kitchen and the surrounding areas. <laughs> Just a, like a big spaghetti one or something. Sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah why not? Um, <laughs> I, I don't have uh, I don't have a whole lot else to add, obviously, due to my uh, my poor memory. Is there anything else um, that uh, that sticks out to you in this episode, or would you like to move on well, to the scores? Well, one last thing is that I, I like the beginning where you heard Trish talk. Do you oh remember my that? Gosh, that's right. They did her talk show. Thing. Yes. And she was, you know, uh, people were coming in um, saying how they felt about Luke Cage. And mm-hmm. there was this woman saying, you know, that she felt that 
police should be doing the work instead of Lukash. And then someone uh, called and said, no, Lukash is a great guy. Um, And Trish uh, was defending him Mm -hmm. and saying, you know, I I would rather call him than the police at this point, Um, (laughs) which I thought it was it was really cool how they tied in um, Jessica Jones, kind of. Jessica Jones, yeah. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, that... uh, when that happened, I'm like, oh, my God, it's like Trish talk. Mm-hmm. Holy cow. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that, I thought that was I thought that was clever uh, how they tied that in. And obviously she would side with Luke Cage yeah. in this instance because she I think they I'm pretty sure they met in Jessica Jones. I think so. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that, that makes perfect sense to me. Uh, yeah. A good episode. I gave it four and a half. Mm-hmm. Me too. Yay. Yes. <laughs> uh, four and a half all around for episode six. Yes. Uh, it well, would have been a five if um, he wore a tuxedo in this episode, but he didn't. <laughs> that is, uh, there's like a, a, so this might be your, this might be your grad test. There's a, yes. uh, a gorilla grad test we have on, on flashing arrow, where if gorilla grad appears in an episode of flash, uh, even, even if he is in the advertising for, for the episode before we've even seen the episode, mm-hmm. the episode starts at a base of a three. <laughs> Like so, no matter what happens in the episode, it could be the worst episode of all time. It gets a three because Gorilla Grodd is in it, and I think mm-hmm. this might be your thing. This might be the yep. the the Luke Cage tux rule. Yes, if he appears yep. in a tux, at least the episode is a three. Yes, no worse Agreed. thing. Agreed. Yes. Although with the quality of this show, it might be like a four. <laughs> like if he's in, a, appears yeah, in I would say a three point five. Okay. Okay. That's fair. yes. Uh, so if he had appeared in a tux in this episode, it could have boosted the score. Oh, it would it would have been a five, hands down. Hear that, Marvel? <laughs> more. <laughs> if you want more fives out of us, more Luke Cage in a tuxedo. Yes, please. Uh, <laughs> all right, uh, that's it for this week. We'll come back uh, next week, and hopefully, it will either be done in a way that I will remember everything, or I will maybe remember to write notes or something. <laughs> uh, it'll, I will remember more things when we come back and talk season one, episode seven. It's called Manifest, and episode eight called Blowing Up the Spot. Mm-hmm.